0: Houston, Texans took a loss on Sunday, and the story of their loss, a tell of two halves. Much more on the other side of the Locked On Texas podcast, but you guys know what's first. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to unfortunately not a victory Monday, but another episode <laughs> of the Locked on Texans podcast. A recap Monday. I am John underscore Hickman 12. That's where you can follow me on Twitter. Of course, I'm joined by Cody Davis. The Houston Texans lost on Sunday 23 to 7 to the San Francisco 49ers in a game where I thought was very winnable, Cody. But before we dive into that, man, welcome back. Welcome to the new year. New year. <laughs> Same old Texas. Am I right? I, I think it's a new year, not new me. Same Texas. Bro.
1: No, it's not. It's not just New Year. It's just New Year. Same Houston sports.
0: Because oh, man, boy, man. It is who would have
1: thought it's the is Rockets? Right
0: now. And make sure you guys check out the Locked On Rockets. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, i got JT rockets. Gatlin. Absolutely. Everything Rockets. Every day. All day. But. Uh, Let's go ahead and discuss the Houston Texans in the game. Like I mentioned earlier, I thought it was a very winnable game. Until of two halves in the first half, I thought Houston played very well. And I think that the Houston Texans have a player on the defensive side of the ball that is not getting a lot of credit, but you are continuously hearing his name. So that will be a player that I'll bring up towards the end of the show. But I want to give you guys some quick notes and news from Sunday's loss. Of course, 23-7, the San Francisco 49ers won that game davis mills i think took a step back on sunday not to his own merit i think that you know the play calling had a lot to do with it but 21 to 32 from the field 163 yards one td one interception sack three times as a team that rushing attack that houston had going on for those two games well that had wore off the houston Texans ran the ball 27 times for 86 yards 3.2 yards per carry no touchdowns. And Brandon Cooks, how many yards away from 1,000 was he going into this game, Cody? 43, I believe. 43, 45, around that number. Well, he got it on Sunday. Seven catches, 66 yards, one touchdown. Uh, He has five touchdowns on the year. When I look at the Houston Texans defensively, one sack by Jordan Jenkins. However, Christian Kirksey led the way with nine total tackles. Uh, right under him was Eric Murray and Desmond King, who I didn't know he was second on the team for the entire year. He had eight tackles on Sunday uh, with two pass deflections and one interception. And so in the first half, defensively, Houston played stoutly, I believe. As a team, the Houston Texans were five for 15 on third down, Uh, uh, a total of, excuse me, 62 plays, Resulting in 222 yards, abysmal performance offensively, uh, as I mentioned, a step back. They actually won the time of possession, 30 to 29. And on Sunday, seven penalties, 111 yards for the San Francisco 49ers. They led the way. That's something Houston would normally be in. However, five penalties, 67 yards for Houston. Not a good turnout penalty-wise, but they were not the most penalized team on Sunday.
1: Yeah, John. And, you know, of course, we're going to start talking about Davis Mills. And I know you say you believe that Davis Mills took a step back. I'm not going to take it that far. But what I would say, and I know you, the listeners and the viewers, might look at me a little bit crazy for what I'm about to say, but I kind of wanted to see Davis Mills have a bad performance. And I say that because with him taking over as a starting quarterback for the Houston Texans ever since, what was it, week 13, week 14, going into that game against the Seattle Seahawks, Everything that we wanted to see Davis Mills improve on, he did it. We wanted to see him get more of his receivers involved, he did it. We wanted to see him be more accurate accurate with the ball, he did it. We wanted to see him protect the ball, he did it. We wanted to see him escape the pockets when, when the offensive line started to collapse, he did it. The next objective that I wanted to see from Davis Mills is how is he going to bounce back from a bad performance? Because I believe in order for him to take that next step, in order for him to be that quality starting quarterback for the Houston Texans in his career, he needs to learn how to have a bounce back performance. And after he put together three consecutive pretty good games where the Houston Texans went 2-1, where he came into this game recording close to 800 yards, five touchdowns, one interception – I wanted to see him have, like, not not a terrible game, like early on in the season, but somewhat of a subpar performance where we say, okay. You had this. You had a string of games where you looked pretty good. You had a pretty bad performance, and he did mainly in the second half. How are you going to answer the call? How are you going to bounce back? And that is the main thing that I'm going to look at on this final game on Sunday when they prepare to take on the 11 and five Tennessee Titans. But John, when I take a look at this offense. I don't think Davis Mills took a step back. I just believe that Tim
0: Kelly and the yes. Houston Texans run game failed him. Yeah, and when I look at Tim Kelly in this offense, you know what guys, I, I'm going to I'm not going to complain without giving you guys some backing behind it. Uh number one, the line finally broke down in the second half. I thought in the first half uh, they played. They, had,
1: they was really they played good, very well. And, and I'm sorry to cut teams. you off, especially with Nick Bosa on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage. A, a guy coming into this game, he I think he's number three in sacks and number one in tackles for loss. That offensive line did a great job doing the first. Doing the first half,
0: Christian Jr. I thought played an amazing game in that first half, and he's one of those tackles where I think when you evaluate what he did today. In the past couple of weeks, I think he's played good enough for Houston to strongly consider bringing him back and possibly giving him a shot depending on what they do with Titus Howard, Larry Tunstall in the draft moving forward. But I thought he played a very good half in the first quarter, in the first half. And I also thought that with the disruption that the 49ers were able to cause, a lot of that was coming from the outside. we got to give a look at the interior offensive line play in that first half as well. I thought as a whole, they played very good, uh, considering that last week they didn't have to go against the Bosa. This week they had to go against the Bosa and other talented players on that defensive front, and they held their own early on. I think what happened was it just broke down in that second half, uh, which led to Mills getting a little shell-shocked, in my opinion, in that second half. Would have liked to see Tim Kelly schematically help his offense out with design quicker plays. Uh, also, leaving your tight ends or running backs in to chip block on some of those DNs or some of those linebackers that were coming off those blitz off the edges and to just help with blocking. You know, that has been an issue for me all year. If you're not going to get the production from your running back group or your tight end group in traditional ways, running the ball, catching out of the backfield, your tight ends maybe being more a vertical threat than you would like to see, well, then help them help the offense contribute a little bit more. By helping your quarterback, whether that be Davis Mills, whether that be Tyrod Taylor, thank God it was never Jeff Driscoll, right? But allow them to help out and contribute in other ways. And we have not seen that consistently. And then if we did see it, it really wasn't that good. Uh, however, with Farrell Brown, by the way, he has had 10 penalties called on him this year. And in that game, the 10th penalty was that big 50-yard pass that was called back. Brandon Cook's a beautiful uh, catch by Brandon Cooks. That was called back for holding. So, you know, he's a player along with Kaimi Fabian where I am totally fine doing the same thing with Pharaoh Brown that we did with Darren Fells. Just move on from him. It's not working out. It gave you some money because of the year that you had previous, and it's not working out anymore. We can move on and cut our losses. Uh, but one of the biggest issues with Tim Kelly is the help that he does not give this team in early downs. The Texans average 14 third downs third down plays this season, most in the league, but dead last in the league in first down per game. So they, they're they always on the field for those third downs, but they don't really convert to move forward on to get the first downs. There has been countless times uh, they have been put in compromising situation. This isn't just complaining, this is providing the facts of what we've seen out of this offense and how it has been very stinky at times. Like, can't watch it anymore. It's been countless times this team has had issues with adjusting at halftime or protection issues when it makes more sense to like i said leave that back in to chip or your tight end. and when you go up against a team with 40 sacks on the year left i'm sorry when you go up against a team that has 40 sacks on the year that makes more sense especially when you see in the second half your offensive line is breaking down they left that game on sunday with another three sacks and eight qb hits uh, that second half was a long half for Davis Mills. It seemed like he didn't have any time to throw or process not because the lack of his own process, uh, processing speed, but he, just, he didn't have time to throw the ball or look because everybody was in his face. There was a, there was always a defender, excuse me, in his face uh, in that second half, which proved to be very detrimental to the success of this Houston offense. More Texans on the other side of the break, but first, is a word from our sponsor, Built Bar. It is the new year, so that means new year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You will want to eat it every day, and it's unlike any protein bar which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it gets boring at times. I get it. By week three, you may be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where is the chocolate? Well, Bill Bart are covered in 100% chocolate, real chocolate at that. And Bill, <clears throat> excuse me, most Bill Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. One thing you cannot do is beat something healthy, tasty, at the same time, right? Go to build.com and use promo code Lock 15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at build.com.
1: Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Monday installment of Locked On Texans and John listeners and viewers. I hate to say this, man, but for the very first time this season, Davis Mills was not the best rookie quarterback.
0: Don't hate out to there say it, it field. happens, and I
1: get it, it, it happens. happens. But I'm like, this is the last time this season that he was going to be going up against a rookie quarterback, and I'm like, if he outperforms all of the rookie quarterbacks that he played against, that says a lot for Davis Mills. But John, like you said, it happens. But but I will say know, by way, was, by the way,
0: I will say it was a pretty good day for rookie quarterbacks. Mac Jones had a good mm-hmm. day. Trey Lance had a good day. Uh, Justin Fields didn't play. Uh, Zach Wilson had a good day in new york and he's, he's had seldom good days uh for the jets so it was a pretty good day for rookie quarterbacks on sunday trey Lance had a good day his second start of the year yeah ah, good day for man,
1: you know talk about you know new york you know something else interesting happened in new york on yesterday but you know we don't want to get into that game oh, but man. you know going back to trey lance look trey lance had a really good a really solid performance against the Houston Texans let me say but when I take a look at Lance's performance and John you hit the nail on the coffin in the first segment you mentioned how this game was a tale of two halves and just like how it was with the offense it was the same thing with the defense and first and foremost let me just say this this game once again was another reminder that the Houston Texans' inability to sustain drives on the offensive side of the ball is part of the reason why in the second half the Texans defense started to collapse. And when yes. you take a look at Trey Trey Lance's numbers, and look in the first half, I really thought that he was going to be another rookie quarterback that struggled against the Texans defense. Because going into this game, the Houston Texans against rookie quarterbacks this season, they had recorded five interceptions in nine sacks now that total of course all of this happened in the first half now they have five interception against No, I'm sorry. They have six interceptions against rookie quarterbacks. And now they have 10 sacks against rookie quarterbacks because they was able to record those numbers against Trey Lance in the first half. However, in the second half, that is when Lance started to find his groove against this Texans defense, recording 144 yards. And of course, throwing not one but two interceptions in the win against the Texans. John, as I just said... This was another opportunity, another example of the Texans' offense's inability to, to sustain their drives is the reason why the Texans' defense started to look so in the second half of this game.
0: Yeah, you know, this game to me reminded me of the Carolina Panther game, where in the first half, uh, you look at a Texan team that was able to capitalize on some of the mistakes of the Panthers and put themselves in scoring position. In this game alone, you know, they were up 7-3 to at halftime, but After halftime, it goes just like this. The uh, 49ers come out. They have seven plays, turnover on down, right? The Texans, five plays, interception, four plays later, the 49ers score. The Texans' next possession, three plays, three and out, zero yards, punt. Uh, After that, the 49ers punt. The next Texans' possession, eight plays, 63 yards, missed field goal. So they didn't didn't have an opportunity to capitalize on Uh, The punt that they created, and then after that, that missed field goal led to four plays later, 65 yards, a touchdown by the 49ers, a punt by the Texans after that, after six plays, after that, 10 plays by the 49ers, which led to uh, 71 yards and a field goal, and then the 49ers ended off the game with a field goal. The Texans played very good in that first half, and I do want to give credit to this defense that held Kittle. Uh, one of, if not the best, maybe just having a down year, tight ends in the game to one catch for 23 yards. And so I didn't see a lot of people talking about that when I was scrolling through Twitter or whatever or looking at some of the other uh, text and Twitter pages, but only one catch for George Kittle. This defense, I thought, played very good. And another transition that we haven't really, I don't think we have talked about a lot on this show is Desmond King moving from a slot corner to an outside corner. Desmond King is a must-resign for next year, I think so. But this defense, you're all right, 100% correct. Gassed. I think that's just what happened. you know. And for a team that led the time of possession for Houston, you got to look, a lot of that was in that first half for Houston Texans. And when I look at this defense, yeah, they made life trouble. Uh, they, they made life very troublesome for Trey Lance in that first half. Didn't allow him to really get active with his legs early on. He ran a touchdown in, but that was called back. And then I want to say that that was held. No, that was scored. That was a touchdown scored to Elijah Mitchell, I believe. But they just early on was very stout, disciplined, played their assignments. But with this team, what we've seen throughout the course of this year is there's only so long that can hold up when our opposite side, our counterpart, isn't holding up their side of the deal. And when I look at this offense just a little bit more, they committed to that run when that run was dead, and that allowed the 49ers to create plays. When they, when the run game wasn't working, that allowed the 49ers as a defense to get into the face of your rookie quarterback. Now, one thing I will say about this defensive performance on Sunday is a guy – oh, by the way, Justin Reed – Played very well. Did get hurt later in the game, but I think Justin Reed was a player that came out and set the tone early with two big hits. I can't wait to talk about Justin Reed later in the week. My feelings have kind of changed about him in regards to the Texans bringing him back. but He played good on Sunday, but a guy that name is continuously getting called whenever he's on that field has been Roy Lopez. Roy Lopez, who ended the game, and I'll get his stats in a little bit, Roy Lopez, I believe, is a defensive player for this team drafted in the sixth round that when he gets more of a feel for this game, he's going to be very good for Houston. He reminds me of Vita Vea. you know, maybe not as strong, maybe not as dominant, but a very good centerpiece for this Houston Texan defense, and he can cause problems. There's been multiple times throughout that game where he was just giving the run game a boost defensively because he was just clogging things up. And I saw him squeeze down at offensive line and make plays. I saw him kind of swim move a little bit, excuse me, and make plays. in the end of the game with five total tackles. And he was really giving that offensive line uh, for the 49ers interior a lot of fits early in the game. I, I do think later in the game he got a little bit gassed. And Ross Blacklock, I think, was a player that uh, he needs to continue to get more of a feel for this game. He has some of the traits. I like some of his finesse moves that he tries to break out every now and then. He has some good speed and good play recognition. He'll be good. So, guys, don't, don't give up on Ross Blacklock. I know we had the conversation about Jonathan Taylor being here in Houston instead of uh, instead of him, but I think Ross Blacklock is a good player. However, defensively, I am not mad at this team. They went out and played a very good game for two and a half, three quarters. Uh, when it was all said and done, I believe they were out on the field a little bit too much longer than what they should have in those points We're not being reciprocated on the other side.
1: And really quick before moving on, I do want to give another shout out to Terrence Mitchell. He also had a really good game against the 49ers on yesterday. As a matter of fact, I believe he ended the game with like three or four pass deflections, but one actually stopped a touchdown pass in the second half and the other would have and should have been interception. But of course, it kind of like slipped off his fingertips. But, you know, Terrence Mitchell is another guy. I would like to see the Houston Texans bring back as well alongside Desmond King. Nick Asirio, he's going to have a busy offseason, man.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. He will, and, you know, that's a conversation for later in the week. But I would say to, to kind of categorize what I saw from the Texans defense was very bend on break. They created the turnovers. They got a sack. They were able to get into the face of that rookie quarterback. So all of the things that they were doing in games Against the Jets, against the the New England Patriots, against the Jacksonville Jaguars, that trend was still going upwards. You know, sometimes you can do everything right and still lose games, and I think that's what happened. But the highlight of this defense for me was holding George Kittle to one catch. Uh, Elijah Mitchell did return on Sunday, and he had a, a a great breakout return game against the Houston Texans. But that's going to happen when you run the ball efficiently. But holding that man to one catch for 23 yards was phenomenal. So shout out to the defense. Texan fans, I got an incredible app everybody who buys gas needs to know about, and that's Get Upside. Listen, my listeners and myself, we're making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time we fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL or SCORE for college. And get a bonus $0.25 cent per gallon on your first fill-up. So that'll be up to $0.50 cent cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using the GetUpside app. Again, just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL or SCORE for college. Welcome back, and thanks for making the Locked on Texans your first listen every day Be sure to check out Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Over the weekend, man, I had a blast just sitting at home, uh, watching some college football games, and I got to tell you, my thoughts on Neil, the tackle from Alabama, has changed. Uh, I think if... He's drafted. He will be moved to the opposite side. I don't think he'll be a left tackle in the NFL. And I was talking to a couple of buddies of mine. And, uh, you know, the conversation of whether or not he will be a tackle in the league came up. But if I'm the Houston Texans, if Sauce Gardner is on the board and I have that pick, I may pick him. However, when I look at this team on Sunday, man, they had a lot of opportunities missed from that DN edge position. Uh, and I'm looking at Thibodeau from Texas. I'm hoping Thibodeau falls to us. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, I wasn't that big on, and I'm still not that big on. Uh, Thibodeau, I think, is an athletic freak. I think he knows how to really use his skill set to get after the quarterback. And I would love to pair him with Bernard. And then from there, you build up your interior defensive line. I think Houston has already kind of did that with Roy Lopez and We'll see how the rest of the guys work out, like a Malik Collins, like a Ross Blacklock, whoever they may look towards in the draft for free agency. But I would definitely pair Kavion Thibodeau to uh, – I'm sorry, not to, but with Jonathan Gunnar, but Sauce Gardner, man. You know that kid has not allowed a touchdown in his collegiate career? He has not allowed a touchdown since he was at Cincinnati. That is big time. That is something the Houston Texans do not have. That is something that – i would risk missing out on a maybe a traditional or a, a safe pick in thibodeau i would get a Gardner or or stingray you but i don't, I don't know i'm like high that. on
1: stanley i'm high on stanley i i don't i don't know because
0: john you might look at me but it's cincinnati man like and man that young man i don't
1: know allowed
0: a touchdown in his collegiate career Wow, he's a big part. You watch that game, man. Cincinnati defense was balling early on. And yes, they didn't I and target I also, him. And
1: I also like that defensive back, Kobe Bryant,
0: by the way, too. We know why. But they didn't <laughs> target, but Bryant is a he's a he's a baller. But they didn't target Gardner. And he was able to come up and make plays in a run game. Like it's tough. He can cover his ass off. I think he's one of those cornerbacks where whether you drop him back in zone or put him out on the island in one-on-one man coverage, he's gonna be able to give you whatever you are looking for at a cornerback. And that's something that the Houston Texans could use. However, I do look at it as twofold. Do you draft a DN to pair with your other DN and then allow your front four to create turnovers from your, your from your DB, put that pressure on your quarterback and get in their face and then allow the back to do their job? Or do you go for a guy that can help get coverage sacks and just completely turn your defense around? So, you know, that's a conversation that I, I – I'm excited to see how Houston goes about this first round pick, but doing do want to transition over to Brandon Cooks. Six TDs on a year, um, another 1,000 yard receiving season. And I think this is his biggest test yet playing wow. with the likes of Tyrod Taylor for a game and a half. And then I got to go through a stretch where I'm playing with a rookie quarterback. And this has been his first time playing football in a very long time. He's trying to learn on the fly. I constantly have to be a leader be the guy be the face of the franchise because of what's going on off the scenes with our quarterback and deshaun watson he went to this game with 55 45 yards away got it another one yard receiving season this i can't even call him a young man because he's been in the league for so long right but (laughs) brandon cooks you know who's a finalist for the sportsmanship of the year award he's done a lot for this team on and off the field but one thing you cannot take away from him is how he has helped Davis Mills get acclimated to the NFL, been a safety blanket throughout the year, been his go-to. And here's one play that was beautiful to me, a beautiful read. They lined Brandon Cooks up in the slot, which is I, I don't know why Tim Kelly or this Houston offense doesn't do that more often, but they lined him up in a slot, was cover three. And Brandon Cooks runs like a, a seam route. And Davis Mills just lands it so beautiful on that shoulder, catches it, and they move the chain. These are some of the things that we weren't seeing early in the year. And do I credit Davis Mills for learning the NFL, getting more acclimated to the speed, and pairing that chemistry? Yes, but you got to give a lot of credit to a receiver that has built that trust with that young quarterback. And I I just want to give a lot of shout-out to Brandon Cooks. I believe he deserves it. Simply because he's put in a lot of work. I'm sure there's times where he has shut his mouth and just went to work. We saw the tweet, remember the tweet about Mark Ingram when he got traded? That didn't sit well with him. But overall, this has been one of the best seasons I've seen from a receiver here in this jersey for the Houston Texans. Yes, we have Andre Johnson. Yes, we have DeAndre Hopkins. But outside of that, has Houston had another 1,000 yard receiver not named those two?
1: Hell. Yeah. No, no. Might have would have and been Will
0: Fuller if he know, was if able stay to healthy, stay healthy. But I will say this. Andre Johnson, yes, with the adversity. Uh DeAndre Hopkins, yes, with the adversity. But Brandon Cook's ad- adversity with a quarterback room that isn't as talented as some of those other quarterback rooms. You know, all props and kudos to that man
1: i've been saying this ever since brandon days with the new orleans saints this man is by far the most underrated not just receiver but one of the most underrated players in the league you know the fact that he was able for the sixth time in his eight-year career that he was able to record over one thousand receiving yards and by the way this is a guy who has played alongside um drew Brees, tom brady and deshaun watson two of those three are first ballot Hall of Famers. And, you know, whenever Deshaun steps foot back on the NFL football field, I'm pretty sure if he's able to pick up where he left off in 2020, he's going to be on that same p- trajectory as well. But the fact that he was still able to go out there and record over 1,000 receiving yards for the sixth time in his career, and like you mentioned, John, you you playing with Tyrod Taylor for a quarter and a half, then you go out there and play with Davis Mills, who was not ready at all it says a lot about Brandon Cooks. And I just hate knowing throughout his eight years being in the NFL that he has not had at least one Pro Bowl selection to his name, Um, you know. And, and it's going to be real interesting to see what the Houston Texans are going to do with Brandon Cooks because they will benefit him staying in houston more so than him staying in houston for himself because at this stage of his career cook should be competing alongside some of the best quarterbacks in this national football league he should be competing alongside them for a chance to win the super bowl but instead you know he's finding himself leading a, a locker room of a guys where you know that they, they are starting to hold their own but you know let's be real unless You know, everything falls in place for the Houston Texans in 2022. You're looking at another opportunity where they're going to miss the playoffs.
0: Yeah, Bernie Cooks had six touchdowns on the year, 1,011 yards. And remember, they restructured his contract at the beginning of the offseason. So he is due to make $12.5 million next year. I don't see another reason why he would allow them to do that. And I think that is well-deserved. Houston only paid him $2.5 million this year after getting that contract situation all handled out can't wait to talk to you guys tomorrow more texans more news more houston sports and hopefully it'll be less chaotic than today's uh with the rockets whether or not carlos career will come back and if we'll get more news on anything of the houston texans we will bring that to you on this show here in the locked on texans i am john hickman again follow me on twitter at john underscore hickman 12. Uh, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnTexans. Like us and subscribe on Facebook as well.
1: And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.